Hey, good evening, everybody. And of course, this is 22 Now on Area 22 Productions, and I am your host. And you don't have a choice about that, because this is our show, and we rule it. But again, another great show tonight. It's going to be amazing. I've got one of the most talented vocalists ever in the music industry. Um, I was a huge fan of his before I've ever met him and know just about everything that he's done. So I'm going to get into a lot of crevices with him tonight. Um, Maybe not. I'm not putting him on the spot. In any case, you know, without further ado, everybody, a warm 22 Now welcome for Jeff Scott Soto. Right there. Right there. Mark Mendoza, what's up, my brother? Oh, man. You know, um, it's always good seeing you. It's great talking with you. Um, you know, the the small amounts of time that we actually hung out was funny, and we had a great time. You know, whether we're well, you know why that is because I had Jason Beeler next to me. We, normally, I'm a bore. I, you can't get anything <laughs> funny out of me. I can't get anything funny out of you. You got Jason there. We're just both on the floor. <laughs> well, listen, when we did that little video, that happy birthday video, I had you rolling. Right. That's true. That's true. Well, no, I, I got to give it to you. you know I mean? All you got to do is talk, and it's, you, you, you got me on the floor. You got my, my ears riveted, and I'm on the floor. So but it's good to see you, my man. Oh, yeah. It's always great. It is always great. I'm not kidding you. Um, you're a busy guy, man. You're uh, in Brazil right now. On yes, tour. sir. And uh, two shows out of 11 that I got down here. Oof. And, uh, we, we, yeah, we're... We're just revving the machine up. We're just getting warmed up, just getting started. I know that feeling all too well. <laughs> we all probably miss it that. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, we all go through that stuff constantly. Um, got a lot to talk about, and um, and uh, you know, I'm glad that you had a you know an hour or so to to join us tonight because uh, a lot of people are anticipating this show. That's for sure. That's fantastic. I, of course, you told them there was somebody else coming on, not me, right? No, no, we, we definitely <laughs> we did. Uh, you know what? We completely spelled your name wrong. We jumbled all the letters up, so it said Adam get him on. You know who knows? That's what it said. But Mitch, Mitch talks Odos or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it it said Jeff Scott Soto. Well, you know what? I, I I give I give you guys so much props, so much credit because not too many bands out there, especially a band of your caliber or have the balls enough to have a Puerto Rican in the band. So, you know, you got Eddie in the band. That's my bro, you know? You know, Eddie was in the band before me. You know? I know. So, it, it, although I approve of it, but it wasn't my <laughs> I had nothing. I had to deal with it, you know? I'm not going to say anything big, but I could be in a band soon with another Puerto Rican. Oh... He's looking around. Yeah, it's the other guy standing behind you. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. You got me. No, no it's uh, – no, I love Eddie. Come on, you know that. Yeah. I uh, love Eddie, and uh, it was a shame that he couldn't be there for the uh, yeah. heavy metal. The Hall of Fame thing, yeah. And we missed him, and his daughter did a great job. Except yeah, that was awesome. Awesome job, awesome job. Matter of fact, we had her on this show last week because she's a, an amazing talent. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know. Uh, I mean, I thought she was Michelle. a great speaker. I didn't know she was actually uh, in the in the industry. Like, yeah, as oh, far as yeah. she's she's an amazing talent. Oh, great. And that's uh, great, great, it, it really great. Is. And we had a great show with her too. So I'm expecting nice. you to do at least that well or even better. 
the pressure's on. Let's roll. <laughs> Bring it on. Um, it, it, like I said, it is great to have you on tonight. And there's so much to go over, but I understand you're on a tough schedule, and we'll keep you only for, instead of like five hours, we'll do like three hours with you tonight. Hey, you know what? Three hours in New York time is about 30 minutes somewhere else. So I'm, I'm, whatever you want, man, I'm here. I'm here for you. Hey, you know what? If there is somebody watching or who's going to watch over the course of the next few days, a week or so, because a lot of people do that, if you don't know who this guy is, you better go get some lessons. All right, yeah. about rock music and 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 everything and vocalists because this guy is the cream of the crop right here. He really. Is. I've been around the block, dude. You know, you oh, know it's it's yeah. it's a it's a beautiful thing that we can be sitting here and be talking about the past because we have such a lengthy past and a lot of things to talk about. Yes, and I, I'm humbled by the fact that I'm still doing what I'm doing. That people are still interested to watch my piddly ass up there doing what I do. But but that's the glory behind it. You know, we worked so hard to get to that. And to actually be able to harness it and keep it reined in, you know, it's yeah. I never, it, I never take any of the stuff that I've done throughout my career lightly. I, and yeah. when somebody enjoys something that I do, I really appreciate it, you know. And I get it yeah. often, whether I'm on stage with TS in front of 120,000 people or playing some local club with some friends in front of you know 50 people. It's still when they enjoy what you do. You're an entertainer, and when they enjoy what you do, you're, you're doing your job, and the feedback is yeah. incredible. And I, I really, I, 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 it really makes me feel great when someone, when somebody says that. And I'm not going to talk about me tonight because it's really about you. But the other thing, and I'm sure you get the same thing, is people say when they listen to the music that you do, whether it's Twisted Sister or something else, and it got them through a bad time in their life. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that hits. It hits right here, and it it really makes it satisfying that all the work you've done gets somebody through some rough times. You know, you know that 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 trumps that amp that this blankets. Yeah, and I'm sure you get it a lot. It, it blankets the riches, the rewards, the yeah. royalties, the the trap, all the all the glories that we get to experience. Yeah, all yeah. of that is gone when somebody. Just, it just takes me out when somebody says you got me through a rough time. I, I, I dance with my daughter. At, at a wedding with your song, it, those kinds of things that just rips at my heartstrings sure does. and mean more to me than any of the other stuff that it we get sure out of this. Does. And um, close to the end of this show, I'm going to ask you to do something not not bad or anything like that as a favor to myself and the people in this room here, Laura and Stephen, there's someone we know has been going through a very rough time for a long time. And, uh, you know, we're going to see what we can do about making it a little better. But in right any on. case... Um, Let's let's get on with the, talking to you about some things. Um, okay. Everybody tears Mike Portnoy to pieces, friendly-wise, I'm talking about, because at any given time, he's someplace between 108 and 212 bands. All right? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Even he can't answer how many bands he's in. No, Somebody I mean, asked him for some reason, like, I, I think it's this, or it might be that, but it's more like... You're in a hundred bands. Just leave it at that. He has to use a NASA computer to keep yeah. track of where he's playing and what band he's in and who's in the bands. You know, that's that's a huge. That's like too big for any book. So in any case, <laughs> we, we were putting together, you know, some questions and thoughts and things like that for you, and we just realized that to name everything you've done takes up multiple sides of 
pieces of paper. <laughs> I'm not that far behind. You may him. not and be you know, in all of them at the same time, but you you have a massive history of doing things. But you know, bro, a lot of that came from uh, a lot of it did come from the fact that I I get bored easily. Now I kind of I kind of shot myself in the foot career wise because I I heard it a billion times back in the day. You know, if Jeff would just stick to one thing, stay in one lane, he might be bigger than he is. That more of the world might know who he is. But you know what, I. Growing up with a band like Queen, for instance, that band was so multifaceted. You think about the fact they, they are truly the master, the, the jack of all trades and the master of all trades because they tapped into so many different musical things. They didn't just limit themselves to rock or opera or blues or jazz or disco, whatever you want. They did it all. And to grow up with that influence, I got bored. If I was just in one type of sounding band, I wanted to do all kinds of stuff. So I needed to flex those wings to challenge myself as an artist and create creatively and it, again i shot myself in the foot because well what is jeff scott so is it a metal guy is he a hard rock guy is it you know i'm all of the above i want to be all the colors of the rainbow with you know without dating guys but uh i want to be able to to tap into all the musical resources i grew up with you know mm -hmm. i'm sure like you growing up in new york you, you grew up with you know the r&b stuff you grew up with the rock stuff the pop stuff and then when you, you kind of put it all in one stew it's kind of what makes you who you are as a musician but sometimes that gets limited. You get record company or managers say, stay in a lane. I can't, man. I can't stay in one lane. Well, you know, we just might get a chance to exercise some of that stuff in the near future, my friend. That's right. Okay. I like that. I yes. like what you're saying. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, it, it, so many. Uh, Jason, you know, your partner in, in crime is actually watching us, Jason Beeler. Is he? Yeah, he is. He is. Oh. Let's make sure everything we say about him is it's something that's going to make him kind of cringe tonight. Oh, man, we, so much, and it's great. You know, this is like one of your shots because I know you guys are together and you have your own act with Jason, and it's amazing, and we're going to get into that. But now, you know, all he can do is yell at his computer screen. He, you can't hear like him. <laughs> so like you got to put him on the spot. Now's the time to do it. You know, I better turn my phone off because I guarantee he's going to text me and say, "Hey, stop talking like that about me." <laughs> Jason, I don't, I don't want to see any text from Jason while I'm talking to you. <laughs> Jason's a great guy and extremely yeah. talented, you know. And uh, yes, you know, we, we 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 have to talk about doing things. But in any case, let's get on to it with you. Um, yes, sir. Of course, Sons of Apollo was just monstrous. monstrous. Yeah, what a lineup of. Of, of people in that in that band you know of course we won't it, give anything it truly to is Portnoy. We'll but uh i mean you, everybody in that band is monstrous yeah. you know and uh, it's so and, and no fun. pressure right you you gotta well, everybody's I mean, was at the, was it the top of for you game. was it pressure for you the pressure was living up to the levels of what those guys have to offer as you know to what they do you know, you got Billy Sheen, who's a legend in the rock industry, not just in, oh, yeah. in, in I'm sorry, the music industry, yeah, not just rock. Sure. You know, he's somebody that everyone around the world knows in his endeavors and everything he's done. And then you, you got the same with Mike, who's done so much with so many people. He's a he's a legend within, you know, within that category of what what and who he is. Bumblefoot's another one. You know, Derek is another one. So yeah. stepping into that band, you really got to make sure you're going to be able to deliver or you can't say yes to singing. You can't what say make, yes to that what band. What make you think, with all your history and your vocal abilities, that you couldn't deliver in that? I mean, you did an incredible job. 
Well, the thing is, I, I didn't really grow up with the whole prod thing, and I knew Sons of Apollo was going to have a lot of prod tendencies. Oh, okay. But thankfully, they discussed this early on, or maybe it wasn't discussed, but it, it worked out this way. When all the proggy woggy stuff was going on, I ain't singing. They keep all the straight ahead, the rock stuff, the stuff where it's going to hit you in the head to you okay. actually remember the song. You got the hooks and the commercial, you know, yeah. the, the, the commercial choruses and that kind of stuff. And then when I rest, all the bells and whistles come out. That's when they go crazy and they, they, they fill it all up with the stuff that they do and what they're known for. And then I come back in and take it home. So that's that's kind of the the, the pretense of how we were developing the sound and, and the, the style of the band. Now, again, I didn't grow up. My career wasn't in the prog world. I have prog tendencies. I, of course, I love Rush and Dream Theater and all that stuff, yeah. but I was never in a band that followed that course. And so I was ready for whatever they're going to throw my way. But luckily, they said, you know what? When Jeff is singing, let's let's take it home. Let's just keep state that the, the meat and potatoes is right there. And then they throw in all the veggies and all the crazy souffle stuff in between. <laughs> souffle stuff. <laughs> What a way to describe the whole thing. Yeah, I know. Well, Everything's about food with us. <laughs> despite, you know, what I, and, and you're giving an incredible explanation of how it goes. Um, you know, truly, it would be tough for someone else to fill those shoes in front of that band. I mean, you're standing up there in front of a lot of horsepower. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that's an incredible amount of horsepower. And uh, you know what? It, it's, it's a testament to my own personal. Uh, I, I guess my confidence because I know me personally, I know I can deliver. I know what I can do. I know what I can do for the band. Yeah. And we're able to harness that together as opposed to me stepping into something that was already developed. And, and I kind of have to find my way. It was, we all found our way together and that's the beauty behind the, that band. There's so many things I've done in my life from journey to trans Siberian orchestra. It was already running before I stepped in. So you kind of have to find your way and, and you, you kind of sneak in and you, you ride it under the radar with Sons of Apollo, we all went in with all you know guns blazing. Wow! And again, <laughs> that's that's not even a, a you know an adequate uh, <laughs> description. I mean, the, the powerhouse that that band is—it's amazing. It's like yeah. it's like going to see Mike and Billy and and uh, Richie in, in Winery Dogs. Exactly. You know? wow. Exactly. I mean, mind-boggling stuff. So and, it's, and it's funny you say. Funny you mention that because that's how I got the gig. I, Mike and I were kind of you know wayward friends. You know, we colleagues. We respect each other, know each other through the years. Like you and I, you know, we see each other every once in a while, but we we don't really have the tight connection. We didn't. We never played together. We never did gigs together or even jam together. But it was uh, in 2016. My band Soto was opening up for Winery Dogs here in South America. We played down here with them in Chile and Brazil and stuff like that. Right. And Mike was really close friends with our departed, now departed bass player, David D, God rest his soul. And so he was always on the side of the stage watching the show when we were starting the show, supporting the band. And I always thought he was there for David. You know, I met Mike a couple of times. We're friendly and everything, but he's so close to David. I thought he was watching the show to support his friend. And what I didn't know, he was on the side of the stage kind of watching and, and kind of scouting me because he'd been in a band with Billy, Derek, and Tony McAlpine called PSMS. Yes. And when Mike, when I got the call after that tour, it was Mike basically saying, you know, I was checking out what you do, and I think you'd be perfect. But what we, we've done two records with SPSMS. We want to do another record, but actually with vocals this time. The other ones were instrumental. We want to do it with vocals. You are the guy. No auditions. No see if there's any chemistry. Mike knows what he wants and how he how it's going to work. And he just pulled it together. He pulled me in without any auditioning or, hey, here's a song. Let's see what you sound like. None of that. It was all about trust. 
but how do you audition a guy like you? You either have the gig or you don't. You know. You well, I, know I guess he, he saw it that way, but yeah, it was of me. Course. No, I I'm wanted not, to. Be. I'm not uh, taking a shot at Mike. That's certainly not. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I know. You know, when you when when a guy like Mike picks somebody, it's because he already knows what they can do. Exactly. He 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 already knew that I was for that. You know, for that lineup, for what they were going to do next. Now. When I was in the mix, they they do they did decide that Tony was more of a jazzy fusion prog guy, and he's so great at that. But they wanted more of a hard rock element that Bumblefoot was able to bring us. That's why they they brought Ron in, and that's where it turned into because we we were taking the piss. We were talking about it's PSMS, but now if Tony's not in the band and I'm in the band, and it's uh and uh yeah, if Bumblefoot's in the band, his last name is Stall. Yeah, the band was going to be called. You know, P S S T or P S S T. That's really good. That's it's a PSMS. The M was for McAlpine. Now we got T and another S in there. It's so stupid. What a stupid. Like, imagine anybody in, in a crowd going, they're spitting all over each other for the band to come out on stage. <laughs> they're spraying everything all over the place. Yeah. That's pretty but funny. You know, and there was, it, like you said, it wasn't really an audition, but it was when Mike and Derek had a couple ideas already to send me. I was worried about if I was able to create what they were actually expecting. So they sent me the songs and in my first, I'm like, okay, what would a band sound like if you had a little David Lee Roth with Mr. Big mixed in with Drink Theater, mixed in with uh, Black Country Communion, mixed in with Guns N' Roses. I was taking basically where they all came from and yeah. it was an approach completely. I sent them the first couple demos because I was trying to think, okay, we're, I'm going to just sneak all this crap in here. So, <laughs> and then... And then radio silence for like a week. I'm like, uh-oh, did I do something wrong? <laughs> so honestly, was there a part, point there where you were nervous? Like, what's going to happen here? Only nervous when it wasn't an immediate reaction. It literally took them days to get back to me. I'm like, uh-oh, maybe I'm not the right guy for this. I, I called Mike and, then, and I said, just give him a week or so before you say anything. Just keep him on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it, it basically was that. It, I was trying too hard to blend all of where they came from, mix them where I come from, instead of just saying, listen to the song and just do what comes naturally. So once I did that, it all settled in, and here we are, two two records later, and great band. I love this band. When's the, I guess when Winery Dogs is uh, through touring, you guys will do something with... Um... That's a Mike question. Mike, he's... He's all over the map, as we know. He's got a lot of bands and everything, but it's he's already he already presets his windows of opportunity and, and open and freedom uh, without us knowing. So he'll let us know when that time is open, and then we start kind of making our own windows of freedom. And we all, all the fans, myself included, hope there's going to be a lot more from Sons of Apollo. Yeah, me too. yeah. I, oh, I, I know I, you're I, in it, but you know I'm a fan. You know, I'm sure you've gotten. I mean, when I've done so many interviews, that you know, they they like to throw in the little things like, if you could put the dream band, living or dead, your dream band together, who would it be? And I always came up with these obscure combinations. And now, when they ask me that question, I answer it. I would get Mike Portnoy on drums, Billy Sheen on bass, Bumblefoot on guitar, and Derek Sheen on keyboards. That would be my dream band because I'm in it. Okay, so it's a dream come true. Absolutely. Or as some people say, it's uh. A dream come true, one nightmare at a time. Oh, I was just gonna, man, you <laughs> kindred spirits, because <laughs> we all know it ain't all a big dream. You gotta, you gotta throw some nightmares in, just, <laughs> exactly. just to mix it up. Oh yeah, 
I say that about a few things around me. <laughs> living the dream, one nightmare at a time. Yeah, or my thing is living the dream. It ain't mine. <laughs> it's somebody else. I'm in somebody else's dream. You a lot of stuff, man. You played with Ingve, and and you've had a bunch of solo projects, and and uh, JSS Legacy. Uh, so much incredible stuff. Um, you know the Queen Band. We were watching, um, you know, some of your videos with the Queen Band that you have. I guess the musicians in the band are from Brazil, right? Yeah. yeah, well, the lineup I use down here because it seems that the majority of the requests are coming from down here, and it's weird because I really don't want to do the Queen tribute thing, but it kind of it's kind of my own fault. I, I was know, doing. But let, let me let me. Um, we only. I mean, I've watched it, you know, for a while now, on and off, because you know, you and I are good friends, and uh, uh, but now since you were going to be a guest, you know, we went looking at things, and I, I, I what makes it enjoyable for for me. And Laura mentioned that earlier also, is the fact that it's not a tribute band. Right. You're kind of just doing your own versions of the Queen stuff. And it kind of makes it more fun. Yeah. You know, but every- I, I got to be honest, when I'm singing Freddie, I try to pay respect and homage to how he sang those songs, especially how he sang them in the studio. Because everybody knows, anybody who knows Queen, they were a different band live than they were in the studio. Completely. They, they were it was two completely different bands sure. but for some reason when all the bells and whistles were missing live you didn't miss them they made it they made it so you didn't miss all those lush lavish harmonies and guitar harmonies and all these things that you'd have to have a hundred piece band to pull off they were able to find a way to to, to kind of manipulate those songs and make them they sound did. great live without them trying to trying to so when I sing them live I try to sing them kind of true to form to, to give more respect to what freddie did oh and and not a complaint but it was good that you know and there's a there's a bunch of great queen tribute bands out there yeah you know but it was kind of a little it was kind of refreshing to see that you guys weren't doing it like as a tribute band you were just right. doing it as like a, a tribute to you know well that it that. started with this uh, queen extravaganza it was the official queen tribute band run by queen roger taylor started it yes. brian was he had his hands in it for a little bit and i said yes to doing it because they had three vocalists they, they wanted three lead singers to kind of cover the different aspects they, they probably thought we can't find one person like freddie to be able to cover the whole gamut so i i got the call basically on the 11th hour when they had the other three singers Roger said, would you be the fourth singer and cover the rock gamut of what Queen had to offer? So I was doing the Tie Your Mother Down, Hammer to Fall, you know, the the more heavier stuff because I come from that world. But I could have done the other stuff, too, because I I just love that band so much. And I'm so the the DNA just runs so deep in my soul. So but I was happy to just be a part of it. Roger called. You you don't say no to Roger Taylor. You don't say no to Brian May. And I was there. And so. That's kind of how the whole thing, that the whole association started. And so from that, people still once in a while want to see me doing it. Yeah, that, that's quite amazing. Did you ever get to see the original Queen live? Oh, you know, I, I've had this conversation with Brian. I'm not dropping names. Okay, I am dropping names. But I, I, I did have that conversation with Brian. I said, one of my biggest regrets is I never got to see you guys live with Freddie. Of course, you've seen the DVDs, the videos and stuff, but never saw him live. And you know what his reply was? Freddie would have loved your voice. That's it. I could die now. <laughs> yeah. That's that. That's amazing that you say something that's like that. Well, eat your heart out. I saw them four times. Oh, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna smack you on the neck when I see you Take next. Take your best shot, man. 
<laughs> if I can find it, you got that hair cover in the back. I get. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um, quite amazing to see them live. What was the first year you saw them? Can you remember like the first or what album or what era, what time period? Well, I could probably tell you the year. Um, I can tell you the album. You tell me the year. Seventy-three, maybe. Oh my God! You saw them early on. Yeah. Yeah, probably three. Was that with Martha Hoople? I was still in high school. Was that with Martha Hoople? Yes, Martha Hoople. Because that, yeah, yes. that, that means yeah, that, that was the first U.S. tour. That was yeah. before they really broke in the U.S. Three, I believe the next time was in '75. I definitely saw the '77 tour. Yep, and this is the world. Once after that, um, when I was on the road with the Dictators, I saw them in in Europe someplace. And wow. that was it. I saw them four times, yeah. Uh, that's, man, Amazing that's, again, yeah. I've seen him with Lambert. I've seen him with Paul Rogers. I just never saw him with Freddie. Yeah, that's a tough one to do now. And yeah, he, right. quite amazing. You know, great guys. Had met them a yeah. few times. Um, great guys and uh, certainly talented, man. Just, just incredibly talented. And it's just Absolutely. amazing that you got to fill those shoes with them. Yeah, incredible. I, I've done some appearances with them, which is also fun. I mean, again, another another notch on my belt, another bucket list thing I can cross off because I, I I got to sing with them when they got inducted to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. They got the star and they did a little yeah. party afterwards. Like it was a little party, it was a big party, and I got to sing Stone Cold Crazy and some things with Brian and Rogers. Fantastic. So I can't complain. I, I'm yeah, in good company. That's a great story too. You know, um, it, it, you got to sing. With a lot of people that you look up to and heroes and stuff, you know, um, I didn't get that many chances, but I did tour with Leslie West for three years. Oh, I loved him. I love that man. Yeah. So and that, he was one of my heroes, and, and you know, it's, just, it, it's too bad he's gone. But I got yeah. that, and you know, that one sent it home to me because you know, I was such a huge fan of Mountain and everything that. Absolutely. He so yeah, but uh, you got to you got to perform. And sing with a lot of your heroes, man. Oh, you know, people yeah. you look up to. And that, well, that's journey, journey is one of them. I mean, oh, again, <laughs> it's you know, it's and that whole thing started because um, Neil Sean was he was doing a, a new band with uh, with Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony. Yes, it basically ended up being Chicken Foot was Chicken supposed Foot. to be what Neil was working on with them, and this was back in two thousand four. Uh, Sammy was out of Van Halen at the time, but he got the call to come back in. And so they had a, a few songs they were working on. Everything was all systems go. And then Sammy was brought back in the fold. And he said, sorry, Neil, right. I got to go back. So Neil was like, hey, come on. I got all these songs. You know, I, I want to do something with them. And he just happened to be perusing uh, this melodic rock site. A friend of mine runs in Australia. And he, every time he opened it up, he saw my name. People talking about me, talking about my music and all that stuff. He reached out to my friend Andrew. He said, "What? Tell me about this, Jeff. Is is he that good? Is he? I mean, everybody's talking about him." He goes, "You want to work with somebody? Call Jeff." And I got the call from Neil Sean, and that was for a band called. We we turned the band into Soul Circus. It was Planet Us was the band with Sammy, and then I took the Us because it Planet Us US. You know, they were trying to play on words. I took the Us from the Planet Us name and I stuck it to the word Circus, and we we started Soul Circus because I wanted. I wanted to rep the name to represent that we're not just going to be another rock band or hard it's not like hardline. It's not going to be like bad English. It's going to have a lot of soul, a lot of R and B influence because Neil comes from that world as well. But we're mm -hmm. going to rock the shit out of you as well. Oof, 
Man, I, you must have had a ball with Journey. I mean, uh, just, just. I mean, they're so legendary, man. You got to yeah. like, perform and sing with such legendary people. Well, yeah, and it started from there. It's because I had my relationship with Neil when Steve Jerry was having vocal issues, and they they just signed, they just penned this uh, like a, a full long tour, a year long tour with Def Leppard, co headlining tour. It's like we can't pack it up and go home. They can't find another headliner this quickly. Everybody would have to go home. There'd be a lot of revenue lost. Oof. And I said, hey, I think Jeff can ball bail us out of this. And he called me, and I literally just stepped in and did the did the tours. Man, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I haven't I haven't stepped in, in that much doo doo in my career. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I, I mean well, you know what? I did a lot. I gotta say as much as I'm giving Freddie Mercury props, I gotta give the same amount of props to Steve Perry because I got so much from that man vocally. If it wasn't for Steve Perry, I, I really wouldn't be here as a singer. Steve and Freddie were my two those were my two gods of voices. And of course, two two voices that are undeniable. The best voices to have is inspirations. But yeah. you know, I knew that journey slightly. stuff like yeah. the back of my hand, dude. I, I didn't have to study it. I didn't have to learn any songs. They say, "Do you know this one? Let's go." When we did a headlining tour tonight, we want to fill the set up with some more like deep cuts. Whatever you got, I know them all. Let's go. Yeah, it's amazing. You walk in. You know, it's like when I went to play with Leslie. I knew every song. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Except for when you played with Leslie, he didn't. You stick to any arrangement. It was just exactly. Yeah, it just, I know. It I fell. Know. It fell. You know, and it was a lot of fun. It was great stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just incredible. You know, um, as we were a short time ago, we were talking about a good friend of ours and an amazing talent and a great guitar player and a funny guy, Jason Beeler. Yep. And, Are we going to make uh, a pucker now? We're going to make his his bunghole pucker. Yeah, yeah we're gonna, he's he's puckering now because he's not sure where I'm going to go with this. You know, and it's great because right. he's probably about or maybe even already yelling right at his screen, right? <laughs> <laughs> at his computer screen, going, "What are these guys doing? I'm going to get them." You know, but actually, no, there's no. It's it's all sincere. It, there really is nothing bad to say about Jeff. There isn't. It's only great stuff. But I was one of the lucky ones, Laura and I, when we were in. Southern California for the Heavy Metal Induction Hall of Fame, we got invited to a show that you did with Jason Beeler. You know, um, and as great as it is, and it really is great, it's still tough to describe it. Yeah. Because you're going to give it a label, and it's really not any of that. (laughs) I love that you said. I love that you said it that way. You guys, you guys did an uh, just about an hour and a half, and yeah. Laura and I looked Either, at yeah. it. It felt like it was like twenty-five minutes. We were laughing. Most, most, people go to, most people go to an acoustic show. You're you're out the door in twenty minutes. Like I'm I'm going to sleep if I don't leave now. Well, it, and, let me let me just explain it to to everyone okay. watching. It's of course Jeff and Jason Beal are on stage. Jason plays a guitar and plays his Strat, you know, and they do comedy stuff. They do comedy routines. They make fun of songs. We're sitting down. If you're on stage, stayed right, kind of just off of uh, the right side of uh, Jeff here, and they actually broke into a song about Laura. <laughs> yeah, they broke it, and I, and I was like, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff says, oh, Mark Mendoza's over there. I think I think when I get off stage, I'm a dead man. 
<laughs> oh, it was funny. Really, no, it was very, very funny. It was brilliant. And you guys just went into it, and the banter back and forth was incredible. It really was. It was the chemistry so, is simply was, amazing between think, Jason. You never think that. Um, yeah. And again, I'm in the business. You know, we're all on the same level, but. As a fan, you never thought you would go see like your heroes, like you know Jason and 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 Jeff. You wouldn't think you're gonna go see them in a situation like that, right? And at no I, point was it boring. Ahead, I'm sorry, I keep cutting in because I, I you you're giving me thoughts and I, I don't want to lose them. But finish. Yeah, yeah. Well, real quickly, and I don't, we'll, we'll we'll get you to, to talk about this. But yeah. you go see here it is, Jason Bieler and Jeff Scott Soto on stage just with a guitar, and your guys went back and forth, and at no point did you go, okay, I've had enough of this. It, you couldn't wait for it to continue, and you laughed constantly, and the whole place, I mean, it was it was a small place, but it was like, there was people hanging from the rafters to see you guys. It was fantastic, and you know what it was? It was friggin' entertaining. That's really Thank what it was. You guys did a, a, an amazing job. You really did. Thank you. It was so much fun, and it was so funny. You know, the thing is, I, I have, I naturally, I, I love comedy. I love humor. I, I mean, it's it's what makes the world go round. It, it's the best medicine. All the cliches, right? But I'm, had, I'm I'm not a I'm not had, I'm not the uh, the I'm not the comedy type in terms of when I go on stage. I do some goofy things or whatever. Like D, you know, he puts on a kick-ass rock show, but once in a while he gets, he does a little piss take of this, that, and the other, and yeah. you're laughing. D, he'll get, he'll keep you in stitches at a twisted oh, yeah. show. Probably one of and the probably of, one of the funniest front men ever. Not only talented, yeah. and not only that, but exactly. talented. Exactly. Oh yeah. And so I kind of, I kind of run that same way when I do my thing, but I'm not a comedian, and, and, and neither is Jason. But he's just a naturally funny guy. He's not trying to be, you know, a top banana. He's not trying to be carrot top. He's he's just he's so clever. He's so smart and extremely witty. And and the, the most important thing, he's fast. You, I can drop anything on his lap, and he'll give me a retort Obviously. literally before I'm even finishing mine because well, he knows exactly where I'm going with it, and he's going to turn it around and make it into something. Well, we're, we're not going to call him carrot top. We'll just call him Jason top. <laughs> he loves when they call him Muffin Top. <laughs> muffin Top. He actually took his hat off and showed everybody his full head. Oh of my hair. god! It looked like a mushroom was blooming on his te- on his head. <laughs> it's great. It's so much fun. It really is so much fun. It's so talented. If if anybody uh, watching or listening gets a chance, because you guys are going to be playing again soon, right? We're going to be doing a lot. Actually, we, we uh, we're working with. I don't know if I should be mentioning it, but we're working with Danny Stanton now. He's he's helping us get a bunch of stuff yes. organized, and we're going to be doing a lot more stuff. Jason's been harnessing the entire thing as far as booking the gigs, following up with them. He does a lot. He does everything. I, I, I feel bad because I'm always so busy. I, I don't have the time to sit there and calling up clubs and trying to get us solicited. But it's it's a lot of work, as anybody knows in this business. Oh, yeah, a yeah, lot of, of work to be the artist and the booker and deal with all the deals. But you, so you we got. Said, you said, you know, when you went and joined Sons of Apollo, that you were kind of almost a fish out of water. But you guys are fish out of water. With, you're so far from what you normally do, but it's amazing. It's like so natural that whole show that the two of you do is so natural, so funny. And I'm telling you, it was an hour and a half, and I thought it was only 25 minutes. We, we laughed so That's much. Awesome. 
We're like two fish in a frying pan with a with a, a bottle of vodka thrown in. That's what we're like. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a minute ago you wanted to add something. You said there's so many thoughts going on here. Well, yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to take it back a little bit because, I mean, we're talking about Jason Beeler. For anybody who doesn't recognize the name, it's the band Saigon Kick. He yes. started it. He wrote all the songs. He was the driving force, the, the entire thing from Great from band. beginning Great soup band. to nuts. Yes. And um, but before that, I was supposed to be doing a, some solo thing. I, I was working with a producer, and he was asking me about guitar players. And I was kind of throwing everybody in the mix. Nobody was working. There was this kid from from uh, from Florida who came out to L.A. to meet me. If you ever need a bass player, I was like, eh, he's not that good. He's, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll keep him in the Rolodex for future reference. And then he played me some uh, some original stuff that he played bass on. And I'm like, oh, who the hell's a guitar player? Oh, this my my buddy Jason Beeler. He was like 18 or something. I said, that's a kid, and it just sounded. It was just shredding, just smoking. I loved his playing. So fast, he came out. Jason came out. We met. the The project went belly up. Never happened. Uh, but I always had, I held on to his number. Fast forward a couple of years, I recorded an album with a band, uh, basically a band that became Talisman, which became one of my longtime bands. But the first album, it was basically a. a a friend of the bass players brought him in. He wasn't a live guy. He wasn't a guy that would be on stage. He's a great studio guy. And all of a sudden, when that album came out, we had a hit record. They said, you guys got a tour. We, we're we on the charts. Everything, it's, it turned into a real deal. So I get the call. We got to go to Sweden and do a tour, but we have no guitar player. And I remember Jason called him up. Hey, do you want to do this? Sent them the songs. And that's how Jason and I hooked up in 1990. But it was because he didn't continue with Talisman. That's where it gave him the, the kind of balls to finally start Saigon kick and the rest is history and we've been friends ever since yeah I could I could see why man he's just a, a great guy and um and so are you but that routine and you know something really quickly I didn't want to forget you had a of a, a, you guys had a friend out there a drummer who was playing the box that night with you and well uh, that friend is not just some friend that's exactly. not just some drummer come on that's Mr. Jonathan Mover. I mean, and he, he's played with Steve Vai, Joe Satriani. Yes. I mean, with, uh, well, Aretha Franklin. I mean, he's played with everybody. Oh, and yeah. Mover and Mover was actually in a, a incarnation of Saigon Kick as well. So, um, either he lost the bet. I don't know what happened, but that's how he ended up playing with us that night. He lost the bet. <laughs> it looked like he had a great time, man, and he certainly yeah, did. It's an amazing, you know, besides that, doing an incredible Luckily, drama. he lives in L.A., and, yeah. and every once in a while, we, we like to bring guests to do, if it's a percussionist, to do the whole set, it's great. We, we like to bring guests we've done with Bumblefoot. We, we're going to keep doing that kind of thing because it, it kind of adds more, it, more fuel to the fire, you know, so that's – Having mover, having those kinds of names and the, the levels of talent, sure. it just it just makes it look, look and sound better. <laughs> it works out amazingly well. It really uh, he did an amazing job, and he was a great personality yeah. on stage. Too. And he again, he's just so good. Without even knowing the set, he just knows when they come in and he knows when yeah. they get out. <laughs> the signs of an amazing musician. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. really was. It was so good, and it you wouldn't think that you guys rehearsed the whole thing with him, and you didn't. Oh, I, it was Come all impromptu and, and play. It, it, That's it what was the, good. again the glory of the beauty of what we do. It's all impromptu, and and uh, again the best thing about what Jason and I do, we're just we're just vibing and vamping off each other. There's some things that we've done. Oh, we got to remember that it works, but the rest of it is really off the cuff, okay, and that's so what makes it fun. Where'd, where'd fun you come up with the song about Laura? Was that just off the cuff? 
that that's one that we've we've kind of it's kind of worked out from so it, it was an accident and now we're taking that accident and building on it so basically jason will start eyeballing somebody usually somebody with a husband or boyfriend and he'll start kind of flirting with them it's like but reminding them i know this ain't going anywhere my wife is here your husband's here but i know i'm feeling it i'm feeling it and he starts playing the carpenter song close to you She's she's getting lower and lower and lower in her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the whole idea is to make it make our audience feel as comfortable as yeah. possible. Yeah, it was very funny. It really was. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. <laughs> Get look. <laughs> We're just trying to make our our audience as uncomfortable as possible. As uncomfortable <laughs> as possible. It is it is a great show, and anybody like I said watching or listening um, has to pick up on it and go see. Um, of course, uh, we'll support you guys on this network without a doubt. You know, we'll, we'll always talk about it with you guys, you know, wherever you are, because, you know, everybody around the world watches this show. So um, we got a run of East Coast shows coming actually in May. So okay. look out for it. We're, we're going to be Boston, uh, Charlotte. I think we're talking about New York again. We're uh, Connecticut. But we're going to be in that neck of the woods in May. So a Excellent. lot of stuff coming up. Excellent, yeah. Well, we'll be there if we can. We'll be there if we can. So let's go back. Where did this all begin? What day, how old were you when you said, I got to do that? I got to be honest. It started even before my own music that was identifying with me as a young singer, a young budding artist. My first real I guess, bite in the ass that I want to do this for a living was the Jackson 5, mainly because I was a kid and Michael was a kid. I would have been maybe seven or eight, and he would have been maybe five or six years older than me, but already successful. So as far as I was concerned, I'm a kid, and if a kid's doing it, I want to be able to do it. So that was my first kind of taste of what I, I, I really wanted to do. But before that, my mother was a huge Tom Jones fan. And she would listen to the records nonstop when it was on TV. And that's where I first got the the, the, the first bug was watching Tom because the way – you're a kid. You don't know that he's doing all this sexual perverted, you know, hip movements and all that stuff. But whatever he was doing, I was just, oh, my God, hypnotized. This guy is unbelievable. His voice was strong. He had a presence. He's good-looking. And he just made the, the crowd go crazy. So that was my first bug. That was the first taste of – I want to do that. And then once I started singing Michael and knowing I could sing high and doing all that stuff, that I that it was nonstop from there. So I was literally about seven or eight years old when I knew this was what I wanted to do for a living. You know, there there's so many things and 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 people are making suggestions and and stuff. Um, if there was, if you could just say pick a band, right? Yeah. I want to try singing with them for a while. Who would you pick? Oh, boy. Come on. We, we If we're going way back, uh, Queen would be the first one. It would be the first and only one. If we're going more contemporary, I mean, they're not. They're more classic rock band at this point, I would say the band Extreme, because I just love what they did with the, the, the whole groove, R&B, rock, funk thing. Yes. And that's, that's the Great world band. I live in. I, I love choice. anything Great with band. a groove, anything with funk. Count me in. Uh, yeah, great, great band, man. Great bunch of guys too. Bands today, I mean, it's really hard today because you know we we've done what we've done, and I've, I still like to soak in and, and 
kind of dig what people are doing these days, this day and age, but it's it's really difficult because we come from a different world of how we harness what we do. And the, the one guy that I see that's currently doing it right now that does it for me is Bruno Mars. That that dude, he's because he's taking the throwback and he's yeah. making it badass yeah, now. Tremendous. The amazing, day and age. Yeah. amazing talent, yeah. And, and and I hate to I hate to pop anybody's bur- bubble the, the, waiting for me to say like Iron Maiden or Judas Priest or or Twisted. Could be anybody. It's like I, I I love funk. I love R and B music. And this is one of the things Mike Portnoy said in a few interviews. I remember, I'll never forget it. He said I think Jeff is the first singer in the prog world that actually puts soul into what we're into like prog music. And when you think about it, it's not okay. really any singers that have a soulful attempt or approach to that that world of music they're they're usually like high singers like you know john anderson from yes or dream theater they're high singers but they're really more straight the more straight there's there's no backbeat there's no soul r&b stevie wonder kind of influence and and i i try to inject that in everything i do wow yeah it i'm gonna say that uh when i first heard you in sons of apollo i was like well that is you're still putting soul into something that's forward ahead prog yeah. you know yeah that's kick ass punch you in the head rock yeah you know soul is is kind of very smooth uh-huh. and sons of apollo is you know like bam bam, bam, bam. <laughs> you know it's like all square wave you know yeah. and uh yeah and you definitely gave it a, a, a you know you had feel and soul in what you did there yeah yeah which was great I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad they allowed me to 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 use my my own personal my my personal tools my personal inspirations and influences because it it, it will fall in the same category of what, where the conversation started i would get bored i'd get bored too easily if i had to just be robotic and stay in one lane and especially at this point in my life and career i'm 57 the last thing i want to be doing is something where i'm told to just stay in one lane so i'm, I'm glad they, they they let me express myself of course i know when i gotta deliver it a certain way i keep i kind of keep it straight but for the most part i i get to do what i do <laughs> um so let me ask you a question you have a busy schedule you're always doing something there's always something going on um yeah do you have any hobbies like what do you do if you're off do you have anything you do besides music i mean what else do you do with your life Talking to you. <laughs> you don't get to talk to me that much, though. You can't use that, you can't use that as an you're excuse. Supposed to, you're supposed to work with me on this one. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm trying honestly, to work up a comedy routine here like you have with Jeff. Yeah, okay. I put you on the spot. It's failing miserably there, Mark. <laughs> no, i got to be honest with you. I don't. I, I love playing basketball, but as I'm getting older, you know, the the, the, the joints don't work the way they used to. It's tougher. And I really, music is has is, is never been a hobby for me. It's, it's, it's just been like breathing. Music is air for me. So I don't look at it as work. I work 385 days a year. I, I add days to the calendar year of how much I work because I don't look at it as work. I look at it as the creation and then the natural things that come out of me, the things that I've always wanted to do in this world, in this life, I get to do. So I'm not going to stop for a second. I'm going to take and harness as much as possible because it can all be taken away tomorrow. I can lose my voice. I want to do as much as possible before I leave this planet. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't care about hobbies and other things to do in between. What I'm doing in between music is more music. Laura, Laura, this guy does a great interview. <laughs> that's, that's a great interview. 
No, you really are. It's a great interview. You explain everything so eloquently. You really do. It, it, well, thank it's you. Amazing. Yeah, I guess we've been doing this this long, you know. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, the same thing. You got to find your moments where it's comedy, but you got to find the moments where you want to actually express yourself and, and sure. for people to really truly understand what you do and how and why you do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I've answered in interviews, I've answered quite a few things similar to what you say. I do it right. because it's in my blood. Absolutely. I never ever woke up any day going, oh, why am I doing this? Yeah, it's never, never a job. No matter what I mean, band I play. With anything. Yeah. With anything in life, you, of course, you get your days where I, I, I wish I could have a day off. But you, you really, you stop and you, you analyze any negativity and you realize, you know what? I don't wish any of that because if it's taken away from me, I'll wish it all back. I'd rather have whatever misery is thrown in the middle or in the mix that you got to deal with in between than for it to just completely go well, away. Harry, so that's- not said that to you. Yes, yeah, I, I have. <laughs> so, um, you ha- you have any when you, you have any pets or anything? You know, dogs, got, cats, fish, two dogs, great. three cats. Yeah, two dogs, three cats. Yeah, and a partridge in a pear tree. I mean, what is this? Absolutely, yeah. It just we're we're, we're uh, animal lovers, and uh, especially saving them. We're we're, we're not we're not the animal ones that go lovers. buying them from the breeders, and it's all about this. Is, this one's in, on its way out. It's coming in, and we're going to save its life and give it a good life. That's that's what we're about. Wow. Yeah, listen to this guy. This is amazing. It really is. <laughs> so I want to know. <laughs> obviously, I am known professionally as Mark the Animal Mendoza. I want to know why you're referred to as the Viking. Because I'm the only Puerto Rican Viking in existence. When you think <laughs> about it, in 1985, I sang a song called I'm a Viking written by a Swede, and I'm Puerto Rican. That makes me a Puerto Rican Viking. The only one. A Puerto Rican Viking. That's great. <laughs> that, is, that is brilliant. Touche. If you're going to sing those words, you better own them. You better own them, right. right. You, better, you better live and die by the sword then, like a Viking. Exactly. <laughs> that, and that's a those words one. are actually in that song. <laughs> uh, just, just, just amazing. So um, another question. You remember yeah. when we were standing outside that hotel back in Oregon last summer? Yes. And I, I made you listen to me talk about a, a friend of mine's birthday, that video. Did yes, you know I did. who I was talking about? At the moment, it's not. It's it's escaping me, but talk to me. Because... <laughs> Because you don't remember nobody. Oh, I remember well, but oh, okay. nobody on and nobody watching the show is going to have a clue as to what I'm saying, except for you. You know, and uh, was it was it Billy Mirror? No? Yeah, that was that's it. Yeah, it was Billy Mirror. Yeah, because we called him, and you do know him, right? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, Billy do? did a. He does. He, anybody knows Billy Mirror? Comedian, great singer, all of that. He does an amazing David Lee Roth impersonation. <laughs> And he, yeah. his, his bits have been played on Howard Stern a bunch of times, and they still play him to this day. Well, he's still on Howard so, Stern I, occasionally. Yeah, he's so still on Howard Stern. So one time I asked Billy, I go, dude, can you do me a favor? Can you do an impersonation of David Lee Roth as an intro tape for, for our upcoming tour, for the Soto tour? So he did it to David. And my friend, Jeff Scott Soto, the only man who puts iced tea in a Jack Daniels bottle of Zing, baby, Malmsteen, baby. Ow! That's great. That was my intro tape going on stage with the band Soto. I'll tell you a quick a quick story about that. We'll get off course a little bit for a minute. 
in the early 2000s, I was I had a, a, an FM radio show called Animal Tactics, and it was on a, 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 a station you know on Long Island called The Bone, and Billy you know was a good friend of mine, still is. And he would yeah. come up and be on there once in a while. So, but at that time, D still lived on Long Island, and he okay. would be on my show occasionally. So, we had him scheduled, and we're, we we started the show. And it was at this point, it's now a four-hour show. We did music and we did talking and and everything. And Billy Mira shows up, but what we didn't ta- say is, it's Billy Mira. We introduce him as David Lee Roth. Oh, and he, and he goes with it. it. He knows. Oh, and he and D went at it as if it was David Lee Roth. Wow, and it was amazing! One of the funniest shows that That's I ever amazing. had, and it went on. It was so funny, and they were so right on the two of them making fun of each other, and that I didn't even do the commercials. You know, I, I went through like two commercial breaks, and finally, yeah, Man, I, I wish I could hear that. that. I got to do some commercials, you know. But I wish the copy of that around. I'd love to hear that. Oh, it was legendary. It really was. You know, could you awesome. know, these these fast of tongue also. You know, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and it's great. It, it really it was. It was a lot of fun. Now, when when did that show end for you? When did you stop well, doing that? The only reason it ended is because they sold the station to. Uh, Wait, what year? Station. What year did you end? Oh God! It had to have been about two thousand and eight or two thousand ten latest, because I started in the early two thousand. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna smack you on the neck right now, like virtually, because you don't. I don't know if you remember. I did an interview with it on that show you did. with Billy there. Yeah, Billy got did. contact. I was on tour with TSO, and we we did yes, a phone conversation did. before soundcheck. You did. You remember? Oh yeah, that's right. You did. Wow. Yes. Okay. All right, and I think that was the first real introduction, like of us talking and, and kind of meeting I up. I think it so was because I, I'd only known of you before that, or been a fan and seen you do a few things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but that was our first real contact together. And I think I saw you play in a band at a club here called um, what was the club in Amityville? It's gone. Um, oh God, what was the name of the one on the corner, one ten and and Montauk Highway? Revolution. Oh, Oh man, I don't know if the show was me. I, I don't know if I've ever been there. I don't know if I ever. The, the, the only clubs in the back east area with, that I did back in the day, especially in the eighties, was Lamores, but with Ingbe. This is in the two thousands, though. Oh, two, oh no, I don't, I don't yeah. think I. I don't no, think it was huh? me. I don't think it was anything out there during no, that time. I didn't even think of it, but now you you kind of shake my memory. You're right. You did. You were on with us. Yeah. And, and oh yeah. 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 That, that, that's like I said. That's the first time we actually did speak, and, and you know, kind of, kind of like, oh, I love this guy already. <laughs> so, I want to go back and, for a couple minutes and talk to you about a few sure, sure. things that um, the JSS legacy. Tell us about that. I mean, it. it that's, yeah, it's it's funny to use the word legacy when. Like 98% of the population don't know who you are. But I, I use the word legacy for the people who do know who I am. Yeah. When I say I'm doing the JSS legacy set, they know I'm. it's going to be a smorgasbord of my career. I'm going to be able to tap into very the Ingbe, cool. the Circus, the Talisman, very, very all the, the walks of life that people know me from, I'm throwing into one show. It's like a, just a melting pot of JSS, basically what it is. And so I'm doing a bit of that down here in Brazil right now. I'm, I'm mixing it in with some of the Queen tribute because some of the promoters, they're Hmm, I, I don't know if we're going to draw enough people if it's just JSS. If we throw the Queen thing in, we'll get people who don't know who Jeff is. They'll discover him that way. But then we'll get Jeff's fans, and it'll it just be a bigger entity. And it's working out great so far. 
so that's what we're doing down here and and, and i'm just getting to mix in all the best of things that people know me from especially down here and i change it regionally if i'm touring europe the bands and the, the things that i've done in my life and career are different the, the levels of what people know me from are different there than they are in south america different in asia so i i love it for me it's fun because i get to mix it all up it's kind of just doing a like i said a smorgasbord of all the things that i've done in my life and career incredible incredible it really is um i have another question for you and um Obviously, you write a lot of lyrics for a lot of different, um, you know, venues and things that you do. Right. Um, would you say that there is a song that you've written the lyrics for that is misinterpreted? That people <laughs> say, "Is this what it means?" And you have to say, "No, that's not what it is." Of course, there are many. I. I write a lot of, I, I do write a lot in double entendre, sometimes triple entendre. I like to write about a subject that you think, you think the song could be about going to a party or, or about a relationship. It could be completely something else. And you, the first time I did that was with the band Talisman. We had a song called Madison and people write the lyrics. Madison is a, a girl's name. It could be a person's name. And they thought I was writing about somebody I had this tumultuous relationship with. You, you're rambunctious, you're wild. You, you make me want to jump off a cliff, but I love you and I'll do anything for you. And you, you're, you're just everything to me. You're the world to me. They thought I was talking about a girl named Madison. I wrote the song about my golden retriever. So the best part about that, it, it, my, I had a puppy golden retriever and she was untrainable. She was so difficult. And, but she became the most loving dog eventually when I was able to train her and calm her down. But as a puppy, she was nuts, and it drove me nuts. And I wrote the lyrics about my crazy puppy and turned into the love of my life. So people to this day, oh, I love that Madison. Who was this girl? But that was my dog. <laughs> you say untrainable. That's what a lot of people say about me. You're untrainable. So you think Mark, the untrainable animal Mendoza. That's it. <laughs> that is completely it. <laughs> you hear that, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> the reason, yes, Laura, yes. The reason. You just hit him in the ass when he doesn't pee on the on the newspaper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a sight watching me pee on a newspaper. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the reason I asked you that is because um, uh, through the whole career or it's not over twisted sister um not that we're playing live anymore there was a particular song called under the blade right it was completely yes misunderstood you know yeah d wrote that song and he wrote the lyrics and right. i was there when it happened and it everybody says it's about snm and and all the sadomasochism no it really was about eddie ojeda he had polyps on his voice box and how to get him removed and oh my god that's really what it was about under and the blade now it makes sense effect of that is another story which we won't completely get into but Jeez. he couldn't talk like use his voice for like a month he he was he could but he was ordered not to so that's it was nuts. it was great you could torture him and do everything and he carried this big pad and scribble on things and get angry and show yeah, it to yeah. him, you know like, oh yeah it was great it was a lot of fun preaching to the choir i went through that i went through that drill i had nodules i had to get the surgery i i was under the blade as well back in 2002 <laughs> Uh, ain't no fun man it's really scary stuff because they they tell you you know when you're done you could come back with 
maybe 35% loss. Yeah. You can oh, come yeah. back with 85% yeah, sure. loss. Sure. And I know he does talk a little scratchy anyway, so now I, I know what to tease him for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. You know, oh. Eddie, Eddie's a... Eddie's a funny guy. He really is. Oh, he's a great, great guy. He's such a good guy. You know, he's he's got a great family, and um, and uh, you know his his daughter is tremendously talented. You look it up and see what she's doing. It's incredible. See, that's what, that's what I love about all you guys. You know, you, you Twisted's got the reputation. You the, you're the the SMFs. The the whole thing. You, you got to. It's almost like an attitude. Like don't fuck with us. We're gonna we'll kick your ass and all that. But then you get to know you guys. You're great guys, all of you. You know, it's 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 amazing. The the personality in that band obviously is one of the reasons why it works so well, especially for you guys to stay together. But yeah, my God, the personalities are just awesome. I, I, yeah. D's always been such a good guy. I met JJ for the first time. You know, when you guys did the uh, the, the the Hall of Fame thing, and it's it's amazing. I, I could just sit in the room with you guys for hours. I loved it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And when we got back together just to play that show and you get us all together in, in, in one place at the same time. Like the day before we did a rehearsal, of course, with Mike, and he just yeah. took a beating. <laughs> it was just it was just And Eddie wasn't there, obviously. He wasn't Right, right, right. He was uh he wasn't under the blade, he was under the weather. So <laughs> so he wasn't there, and you know he's a big part of it also, and yeah, and of course, of course you know we we'd love to have AJ back, but that's a tough one. And he was also in that mix also, so it was yeah, just of um, it, it, yeah, it, it, great a great pile of personality in that in TS without a doubt. So let me ask you another question. Yeah, <laughs> what question do you hate? getting asked the most like what do you like cringe is this the one <laughs> what question the one are you, I, ask, you, know? you know what I, i'm not i'm not throwing anything out there it's not anything that anybody doesn't already know because obviously ingve malmstein has doesn't have the best reputation in terms of a lot of people misunderstand him and i'm not blowing smoke up his ass i'm not defending him but I understood Ingve. I I got him. I I knew what made Ingve Ingve, and it wasn't just if if people thought he was an asshole, it wasn't because he's trying to be an asshole. He's just a real. He knows he's so laser focused in what he does and who he is that it can be taken the wrong way. And so I defended him that way in so many years. But he's had so many run-ins where people think he's an asshole. So the biggest question since 1985 to 2023 is. Is Ingve as big an asshole as everybody says he is? I don't like hearing that question. I don't like answering that question. But I get to, I have to hear it all the time because of some of his personality. Obviously, rubs people the wrong way or had rubbed the people the wrong way. And it sucks to have to be on the back end of that. I don't want to talk shit about anybody. Everybody does what they do and who they are. But I always defended him because I knew who that guy was. I knew the soft side. I knew the the, the human side of him was had nothing to do with what most people think about him. I don't know him at all. So um, been on some of the same shows, but he's a tremendous talent, that's for sure. But I don't know him and at all. Yeah, so. it's a, it gets misconstrued and, and it, it sucks yeah. because and I wasn't. Now he has to defend his personality when all he wants people to do is focus on his guitar playing and his songwriting. Sure. Yeah. Very talented guy. Very, very talented guy. So, um, and just so you know, one of the questions that I hate being asked the most, and people show up and they say, how'd you get the name Twisted Sister? That is everywhere in print. 
if that's the case, you didn't do your homework. Yeah. As, don't as don't as call a, me. Don't interview me until you know the answer right, to that right, question. No, first. You're not getting that answer. You're definitely yeah. not getting that answer. No, well, you, you, you had to answer. You had to answer one for me. How, how did you get the last name Mendoza when, when you ain't Spanish? Well, that's you, okay. You well, that's all right. I don't mind you. I don't mind you asking that. No, no, no. You, you, you gave me that answer in Oregon when we were hanging right, out. Right. Back. Yeah, so exactly. it, it, it was a great story. Is there a subject matter or a question that you wish somebody would ask you? Like Not really. I mean, over? For the most part, through the years, everybody's asked me pretty much everything. I, I've been asked even the, the nuttiest things that have nothing to do with music or even my career. So for the most part, it's the bases are pretty much covered. Mm. There's not really anything that's uncovered or unknown. But for the most part, I, I'm just my own personality. I'm just trying to be the best person I can. I'm trying to be the best talent I can. I, I try to just everything that has to be equal to one another, uh, how it represents me. If you think I'm a good person, I want you to think I'm a good singer. If you think I'm a good singer, I want you to know I'm a good person and everything in between. So well, yeah, really, I, I, I don't want to leave this guy's got great answers, man. He's a great. <laughs> He's a great but it's, the, it's a God's honest truth. I don't want to leave this planet with any enemies. I, I want to leave. I'm a peace, love and harmony kind of person. If you got a beef with me, I'd rather hug it out and, and get it over with and let's move on with our day so I can I can rest easy at night knowing I don't have any enemies out there. Wow. What a great answer. I've got one more question for you. Okay, got it. One more question. And if you need a moment to think about the answer. You can, okay? Okay. Um, and I was asked this question in an interview. It was the only time I was ever asked this question. If you could, if you could have tomorrow, tomorrow evening, wherever you are in the world, if you could have dinner with anybody in history at any time, even someone you don't know or someone you know well, who would you have dinner with? Freddie Mercury. Wow. Yeah. Without even finishing the question, because that man, what he did in his talent and his music and his voice, everything he left us. I have so many questions. I have so many inquiries. I got so many. I'm so curious about answer. things that you don't know about him in books and biographies and interviews. I have my own personal what I would ask him and what I would want to know. Yeah, that would be that guy. Great answer, man. Oh, just. The wealth of information that you could, if you could talk to him. And that's the thing, you know, I could easily find a historical figure. I could find a, a scientist or some, as far as I'm concerned, my world is music. My lane is music. So I want to, I want to talk to somebody. I have something I, I relate to. Of course, I'm interested in other things, but my world and my, the, what runs through my blood is music. So I love, I'm intrigued by the people that inspired and influenced me, and I'd love to kind of pick their brains and find out what inspired them. Great answer. Excellent, excellent answer. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I'm a good interview. <laughs> you, I know you're a great interview, not just good. And what are you doing with an eye chart behind you? Uh, I'm actually in, I'm in downstairs in the – I didn't want to do this. I'm in an, uh, an Airbnb in an apartment. Apartment's okay. kind of cold. cold and they, give, they give eye tests because over your right shoulder is an eye chart. Right? Is it? No, it's not. It's life has no remote. Get up and change it yourself. That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like, looks like an eye chart. it looks like an eye chart. There's <laughs> a bunch of different signs. I'm in. I'm in like the sports lounge of this uh, really cool complex here in we Sao Paulo. We have 
and we'll let you go. We have one more request of you, okay? And this oh. is not funny or to put you on the spot, um, and it really isn't. We have a very dear family friend of ours, you know, someone that I've known for a very long time. She's going through a rough time. She's a mega fan of yours, okay? A oh. tremendous fan. And if you remembered when you signed that piece of paper for me in Oregon, I do. okay, it's for her. She is watching right now. And if you could just say some kind words to Patty, okay? okay. She's going through a really rough time in life, okay? It's, right. it's been rough for her. It is. And yeah. she's watching. You know I know she's watching. She's on the chat. And if you could just say some kind words to her, and this is all real serious. Gotcha. Well, you don't even have to tell me what she's dealing with, Patty. I don't know if it's health. I don't know if it's uh, personal crisis or whatever, but doesn't matter because such is life. We all have to go through it. We all get, we, we're all given kind of stricken with those, those hard times. And we obviously some are harder than others. And we, we, we prevail. We learn how to actually rise above it. Eventually it doesn't seem like it at the time. It seems like it's not going to end or it's just going to keep going. It's going to get worse. Life is supposed to go up and down. It's going to get better. It'll always get better. It'll always get better before it gets worse. The, the, the power of music is probably the only thing I can offer you. And this is one of the things that's held me together from my bad times and hard times. And trust me, I've seen the same amount. I'm going through a few as well. But music is the one thing that I channeled through sure. all the hard times. Sure. And we were talking about it earlier that it, we... Even our own personal music, when you hear somebody say your song or these songs or this album got me through a hard time, just channel yourself into that world. Find something that you need to make you happy, something that brings you to a happy place, because that's what music is. It'll take you there. Even if it's temporarily, it'll take you there. It'll, it'll help. It's kind of like a, a Band-Aid that'll get you through that tough time. Whatever it is, it trust me, music is always that, that, that kind of healing power. And... It doesn't even have to be my music. It just be something that you're so connected to. I guarantee you it's going to make you feel better, even for a moment. And then when you need it, you can always go to it. It's always going to be there. And that's what the beauty of music is. So I wish whatever you're going through, you get through it. And you get through it with flying colors and you get back on track. And I love you. Thank you for following and, and listening to my music as well. But just use music as your healing power. Well, there you go, Patty. You got it from the man. Right, you asked for it, you got it. Well, you really didn't ask for this, but uh, you asked for all you asked for was the autograph, and she got a lot more. But uh, you know what, uh, Jeff, uh, I can't thank you enough for spending an evening with us. I really can't. You've become a, a great friend, you know, and um, and you're an incredible interview and and just great to go back and forth with, and we know how to laugh and and entertain everybody, which is. Um, and Patty just said, your music is what gets me through. Thank you, oh, Jeff Scott Soto. Thank you, I love Thank you, you so Patty. Much. That's from Patty. Much love. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it, it is great to, to be able to spend this time with you, and hopefully uh, we can do this again soon. Well, Mark, uh, before, you cut, before you finish that thought. Sure. I was, when I saw the one, the, I saw the, the most recent one you did with D. I'm jealous. I want to be right there next to you doing this live, so we can cut each other off. We can talk over each other. We don't have the delay of of, of, of you know the internet to have to deal with with the the latency. I want to be in that same room with you, and maybe with with Beeler because you want to talk about an entertaining hour. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Gonna, he he doesn't know this, but he's coming back on again. Now he found oh, out. Nice. He's watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so you want to be on with D? No, no, I'm talking to Jason Beeler. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I saw what you did with D, because you guys were in the same room together, yes, it's a different yeah. energy. Yeah, I want to do it in that right. room with you, and I want to do it with Jason Beeler. And I think I think can, you, you want to talk about an hour of of, Laura, of just chaos. What do you say we? Why don't we have them on performing, and then we could yeah. the three of us could sit yeah. and I'll play bass with them. We would love to do that with you. We yeah, would we'll love do it, it live on. We'll do it live on this show. We'll Absolutely. we'll open it up here and. Uh, Awesome, and, and and the three of us get on, and we'll talk, we crack jokes, and be very fun. That's what I want to do next. Next time we do this, I want to do it live with you in that room. Sure, yeah. Well, D comes back to New York once in a while, and when he is, he tells me, and if I, I have a spot in the schedule, he comes in and does it live. Yeah, that's he awesome. So me when here, when me great. and Jason are back east, somewhere near you, yeah, let's let's try to make it happen. And even if it's just either one of you, I'll, I'll take that also. Perfect, perfect. Okay, all right, you're on. Yeah. Yeah, we love them both. Laura's talking now. We love them both. Awesome. There's no two ways about it. Awesome. Great guys, Great. man. Very funny. I'm telling you that that show. I got to say it one more time. And that club was <laughs> was precious, man. He really was. We laughed the whole time. Yeah, great, great entertainment. You are an amazing front man, and you're an amazing singer, a vocalist, but you're an amazing person. You really are, and uh, you give Thank you. a lot of pleasure to a lot of people around the world with whatever project you're doing. You know, you see that everybody enjoys what you do, and um, that 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 makes you rich. It really does. Yeah. It makes you rich. As long as everybody knows it's a labor of love. It's, yeah. it's, it's oh, nothing to do. I'm not. I'm not reaching for any brass ring. I'm not tre- trying to be a big old rock star. This is a labor of love. I, I love what I do, and I'm humbled by the fact that I get to still do it this day and age. Well, um, thank you for spending it even. We'll, like I said, we'll do it again soon. Hopefully you'll be able to be here live, you know, because uh, the only reason we don't do things here live is because of COVID, and it's much easier yeah. wherever you are. Look, you're in Brazil right now, you know, yeah. so the schedule to be sitting here might be a real problem unless you were in New York at the time. But anytime you're in New York and you want to come on, Come on, you know we'll tell stories and be funny and uh, play music together. Awesome. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, yeah. Jason's texting me. I knew it was going to happen before we signed don't off. Don't even He's look at it. Me. I don't want to care it. I don't. I don't care what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to text it to Laura and then throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do want to hear it, but in any case, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, my pleasure. Thank you for having really me, my was friend. Great. It was great stories, great fun, and um, you know, you truly are a great person, man, and a great front, a great front, uh, a great front man, a great vocalist. It really is, and I thank, thank you, you for talking to Patty. Also, it meant, it meant a lot to us here. Yeah, she means a lot to us. That's awesome. Everybody, the amazing, the great Jeff Scott Soto. Much love, my friends. Much love to her as well. <laughs> so um, we had a great show tonight, and we're going to do it again, and we're going to get Jeff on with us also, and we'll have fun with him in the near future. But um, everybody, you can uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Pandora, and Stitcher. Okay, we're on everything now, and we'll be on a few more in the near future. Um, whatever Stephen says we're going to be, we're going to be there. Is that right, Stephen? 
get the thumbs up from Steven. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was a great show. It was a lot of fun. I love doing this, just like I love playing music and being in bands and rocking out. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, everybody stay healthy, stay hungry, stay out of trouble, and stay with us. And we are on every Tuesday evening. Area 22 Productions. The show is 22 now. I am Mark Mendoza. That is Jeff Scott Soto. And we'll see you next time. Right on.